0: The first part of Absalom and Achitophel by John Dryden. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Absalom and Achitophel, lines 1 to 490 by John Dryden. In pious times, ere priestcraft did begin, before polygamy was made a sin, when man on many multiplied his kind, ere one to one was cursedly confined, when nature prompted and no law denied promiscuous use of concubine and bride, then Israel's monarch after heaven's own heart, his vigorous warmth did variously impart to wives and slaves, and wide as his command, scattered his maker's image through the land. Michal of royal blood the crown did wear, a soil ungrateful to the tiller's care, not so the rest. For several mothers bore to God like David several sons before. But since like slaves his bed they did ascend, no true succession could their seed attend. Of all this numerous progeny was none so beautiful, so brave, as Absalom. Whether, inspired by some diviner lust, his father got him with a greater gust, or that his conscious destiny made way by manly beauty to imperial sway early in foreign fields he won renown with kings and states allied to israel's crown in peace the thoughts of war he could remove and seemed as he were only born for love whate'er he did was done with so much ease in him alone twas natural to please his motions all accompanied with grace and paradise was opened in his face. With secret joy indulgent David viewed his youthful image in his son renewed. To all his wishes nothing he denied, and made the charming Annabel his bride. What faults he had, for who from faults is free, his father could not or he would not see. Some warm excesses which the law forbore were construed youth that purged by boiling ore and Amnon's murder, by a specious name, was called a just revenge for injured fame. Thus, praised and loved, the noble youth remained, while David, undisturbed, in Sion reigned. But life can never be sincerely blessed. Heaven punishes the bad and proves the best. The Jews, a headstrong, moody, murmuring race, as ever tried the extent and stretch of grace, gods pampered people whom debauched with ease no king could govern nor no god could please gods they had tried of every shape and size that godsmiths could produce or priests devise these adam wits too fortunately free began to dream they wanted liberty and when no rule no precedent was found of men by laws less circumscribed and bound they led their wild desires to woods and caves and thought that all but savages were slaves. They who, when Saul was dead, without a blow made foolish Ishbosheth the crown forego, who banished David did from Hebron bring, and with a general shout proclaimed him king, those very Jews, who, at their very best, their humor more than loyalty expressed, now wondered why so long they had obeyed an idle monarch which their hands had made. Thought they might ruin him they could create, or melt him to that golden calf, a state. But these were random bolts. No form, design, nor interest made the factious crowd to join. The sober part of Israel, free from stain, well knew the value of a peaceful reign, and looking backward with a wise affright, saw seams of wounds dishonest to the sight, in contemplation of whose ugly scars they cursed the memory of civil wars, The moderate sort of men, thus qualified, inclined the balance to the better side. And David's mildness managed it so well, the bad found no occasion to rebel. But when to sin our biased nature leans, the careful devil is still at hand with means, and providently pimps for ill desires, the good old cause revived, a plot requires, plots True or false are necessary things to raise up commonwealths and ruin kings. The inhabitants of old Jerusalem were Jebusites, the town so called from them, and there's the native right. But when the chosen people grew more strong, the rightful cause at length became the wrong, and every loss the men of Jebus bore, they still were thought God's enemies the more thus worn and weakened, well or ill-content, submit they must to David's government. Impoverished and deprived of all command, their taxes doubled as they lost their land, and, what is harder yet to flesh and blood, their gods disgraced and burnt like common wood. This set the heathen priesthood in a flame, for priests of all religions are the same, of whatsoever descent their godhead be, STOCK, STONE, OR OTHER HOMELY PEDIGREE, IN HIS DEFENSE HIS SERVANTS ARE AS BOLD AS IF HE HAD BEEN BORN OF BEATEN GOLD. THE JEWISH RABBINS, THOUGH THEIR ENEMIES, IN THIS CONCLUDE THEM HONEST MEN AND WISE, FOR T'WAS THEIR DUTY, ALL THE LEARNED THINK, TO espouse HIS CAUSE BY WHOM THEY EAT AND DRINK. FROM HENCE BEGAN THAT PLOT, THE NATION'S CURSE, BAD IN ITSELF, BUT REPRESENTED WORSE. Raised in extremes, and in extremes decried, with oaths affirmed, with dying vows denied. Not weighed or winnowed by the multitude, but swallowed in the mass, unchewed and crude. Some truth there was, but dashed and brewed with lies to please the fools and puzzle all the wise. Succeeding times did equal folly call believing nothing or believing all. The Egyptian rites the Jebusites embraced, where gods were recommended by their taste. Such savory deities must needs be good as served at once for worship and for food. By force they could not introduce these gods, for ten to one in former days was odds. So fraud was used, the sacrificers trade. Fools are more hard to conquer than persuade. Their busy teachers mingled with the Jews and raked for converts, even the court and stews which Hebrew priests the more unkindly took because the fleece accompanies the flock. Some thought they God's anointed meant to slay by guns invented since full many a day. Our author swears it not, but who can know how far the devil and Jebusites may go? This plot, which failed for want of common sense, had yet a deep and dangerous consequence. For, as when raging fevers boil the blood, the standing lake soon floats into a flood, and every hostile humor which before slept quiet in its channels bubbles on. So several factions from this first ferment work up to foam and threat the government. Some by their friends, more by themselves thought wise, opposed the power to which they could not rise. Some had in courts been great, and thrown from thence like fiends were hardened in impenitence. Some, by their monarch's fatal mercy grown from pardoned rebels, kinsmen to the throne, were raised in power and public office high. Strong bands, if bands ungrateful men could tie. Of these the false Echitophel was first, a name to all succeeding ages, cursed. For close designs and crooked counsels fit... Sagacious, bold, and turbulent of wit, restless, unfixed in principles and place, in power unpleased, impatient of disgrace, a fiery soul which, working out its way, fretted the pygmy body to decay and o'erinformed informed the tenement of clay. A daring pilot in extremity, pleased with the danger when the waves went high, he sought the storms, but for a calm unfit would steer too nigh the sands to boast his wit. Great wits are sure to madness near allied, and thin partitions do their bounds divide. Else why should he, with wealth and honour blest, refuse his age the needful hours of rest, punish a body which he could not please, bankrupt of life, yet prodigal of ease, and all to leave what with his toil he won to that unfeathered, two-legged thing a son, Got while his soul did huddled notions try, And borne a shapeless lump, like anarchy. In friendship false, implacable in hate, Resolved to ruin or to rule the state, To compass this the triple bond he broke, The pillars of the public safety shook, And fitted Israel for a foreign yoke. Then... Seized with fear, yet still affecting fame, Usurped a patriot's all-atoning name. So easy still it proves in factious times With public zeal to cancel private crimes. How safe is treason, and how sacred ill, Where none can sin against the people's will, Where crowds can wink, and no offense be known, Since in another's guilt they find their own. Yet fame deserved no enemy can grudge. The statesman we abhor, but praise the judge. In Israel's courts, ne'er sat an abbot din with more discerning eyes or hands more clean. Unbribed, unsought, the wretched to redress, swift of dispatch and easy of excess. Oh, had he been content to serve the crown with virtues only proper to the gown, or had the rankness of the soil been freed from cockle? That oppressed the noble seed. David, for him his tuneful harp had strung, And heaven had wanted one immortal song. But wild ambition loves to slide, not stand, And fortune's ice prefers to virtue's land. Echitophel, grown weary to possess a lawful fame And lazy happiness, disdained the golden fruit To gather free, and lent the crowd his arm To shake the tree. Now manifest of crimes contrived long since, he stood at bold defiance with his prince, held up the buckler of the people's cause against the crown, and skulked behind the laws. The wished occasion of the plot he takes, some circumstances finds, but more he makes. By buzzing emissaries fills the ears of listening crowds with jealousies and fears of arbitrary counsels brought to light, and proves the king himself a Jebusite. Weak arguments, which yet he knew full well were strong with people, easy to rebel. For governed by the moon, the giddy Jews tread the same track when she the prime renews, and once in twenty years their scribes record by natural instinct they change their lord. Echitophel still wants a chief, and none was found so fit as warlike Absalom not that he wished his greatness to create, for politicians neither love nor hate, but, for he knew, his title not allowed would keep him still depending on the crowd, that kingly power thus ebbing out might be drawn to the dregs of a democracy. Him he attempts with studied arts to please, and sheds his venom in such words as these. Auspicious prince, At whose nativity some royal planet ruled the southern sky, Thy longing country's darling and desire, Their cloudy pillar and their guardian fire, Their second Moses, whose extended wand Divides the seas and shows the promised land, Whose dawning day in every distant age Has exercised the sacred prophet's rage, The people's prayer, THE GLAD DIVINER'S THEME, THE YOUNG MEN'S VISION, AND THE OLD MEN'S DREAM. THEE, SAVIOR, THEE, THE NATION'S VOWS CONFESS, AND NEVER SATISFIED WITH SEEING, BLESS. SWIFT, UNBESPOKEN POMPS THY STEPS PROCLAIM, AND STAMMERING BABES ARE TAUGHT TO LISP THY NAME. HOW LONG WILT THOU THE GENERAL JOY DETAIN, STARVE, AND DEFRAUD THE PEOPLE OF THY REIGN? content ingloriously to pass thy days like one of virtue's fools that feeds on praise till thy fresh glories which now shine so bright grow stale and tarnish with our daily sight believe me royal youth thy fruit must be or gathered ripe or wrought upon the tree heaven has to all allotted soon or late some lucky revolution of their fate whose motions if we watch and guide with skill for human good depends on human will, our fortune rolls as from a smooth descent, and from the first impression takes the bent. But, if unseized, she glides away like wind, and leaves repenting folly far behind. Now, now she meets you with a glorious prize, and spreads her locks before her as she flies. Had thus old David from whose loins you spring, not dared when fortune called him to be king, at Gath an exile he might still remain, and heaven's anointing oil had been in vain. Let his successful youth your hopes engage. But shun the example of declining age, behold him, setting in his western skies, the shadows lengthening as the vapors rise. He is not now as when on Jordan's sand The joyful people throng to see him land Covering the beach and blackening all the strand But like the prince of angels From his height comes tumbling downward With diminished light Betrayed by one poor plot to public scorn Our only blessing since his cursed return Those heaps of people which one sheaf did bind Blown off and scattered by a puff of wind What strength can he to your designs oppose, naked of friends, and round beset with foes? If Pharaoh's doubtful succor he should use, a foreign aid would more incense the Jews. Proud Egypt would dissembled friendship bring, foment the war, but not support the king. Nor would the royal party e'er unite with Pharaoh's arms to assist the Jebusite. Or if they should, their interest soon would break and with such odious aid make David weak. All sorts of men, by my successful arts, abhorring kings, estrange their altered hearts from David's rule, and tis the general cry, Religion, commonwealth, and liberty. If you, as champion of the public good, add to their arms a chief of royal blood, what may not Israel hope, and what applause might such a general gain, By such a cause, not barren praise alone, That gaudy flower fair only to the sight, But solid power. And nobler is a limited command Given by the love of all your native land Than a successive title long and dark Drawn from the mouldy rolls of Noah's Ark. What cannot praise effect in mighty minds When flattery soothes and when ambition blinds? Desire of power on earth, a vicious weed, Yet sprung from high, is of celestial seed. In God, tis glory. And when men aspire, tis but a spark too much Of heavenly fire. The ambitious youth, too covetous of fame, Too full of angel's metal in his frame, Unwarily was led from virtue's ways, Made drunk with honor, and debauched with praise half loath and half consenting to the ill, for loyal blood within him struggled still, he thus replied, And what pretense have I to take up arms for public liberty? My father governs with unquestioned right, the faith's defender and mankind's delight, good, gracious, just, observant of the laws, and heaven by wonders has espoused his cause. Whom has he wronged in all his peaceful reign? Who sues for justice to his throne in vain? What millions has he pardoned of his foes, whom just revenge did to his wrath expose? Mild, easy, humble, studious of our good, inclined to mercy and averse from blood. If mildness ill with stubborn Israel suit, his crime is God's beloved attribute. What could he gain his people to betray, or change his right for arbitrary sway? Let haughty Pharaoh curse with such a reign his fruitful Nile, and yoke a servile train. If David's rule Jerusalem displease, the dog-star heats their brains to this disease. Why then should I, encouraging the bad, turn rebel and run popularly mad? Were he a tyrant, who by lawless might oppress the Jews and raise the Jebusite, well might I mourn. But nature's holy bands would curb my spirits and restrain my hands. The people might assert their liberty, but what was right in them were crime in me. His favor leaves me nothing to require, prevents my wishes, and outruns desire. What more can I expect while David lives? All but his kingly diadem he gives, and that... But there he paused, then sighing, said is justly destined for a worthier head. For when my father from his toils shall rest, and late augment the number of the blessed, his lawful issue shall the throne ascend, or the collateral line where that shall end. His brother, though oppressed with vulgar spite, yet dauntless and secure of native right, of every royal virtue stands possessed, still dear to all the bravest and the best, His courage, foes, his friends, his truth proclaim. His loyalty, the king, the world, his fame. His mercy, even the offending crowd will find, for sure he comes of a forgiving kind. Why should I then repine at heaven's decree, which gives me no pretense to royalty? Yet, oh, that fate propitiously inclined had raised my birth, or had debased my mind. To my large soul not all her treasure lent, and then betrayed it to a mean descent. I find, I find my mounting spirits bold, and David's part disclaims my mother's mold. Why am I scanted by a niggard birth? My soul disclaims the kindred of her earth, and made for empire, whispers me within, desire of greatness is a godlike sin. Him staggering so when hell's dire and found, while fainting virtue scarce maintained her ground, he pours fresh forces in, and thus replies, The eternal God, supremely good and wise, imparts not these prodigious gifts in vain. What wonders are reserved to bless your reign? Against your will your arguments have shown such virtues only given to guide a throne. Not that your father's mildness I contemn, but manly force becomes the diadem. Tis true he grants the people all they crave, and more perhaps than subjects ought to have, for lavish grants suppose a monarch tame, and more his goodness than his wit proclaim. But when should people strive their bonds to break, if not when kings are negligent or weak? Let him give on till he can give no more, The thrifty Sanhedrin shall keep him poor, and every shekel which he can receive shall cost a limb of his prerogative. To ply him with new plots shall be my care, or plunge him deep in some expensive war, which when his treasure can no more supply, he must, with the remains of kingship, buy. His faithful friends, our jealousies and fears, call Jebusites and pharaohs pensioners whom, when our fury from his aid has torn, he shall be naked left to public scorn. The next successor, whom I fear and hate, my arts have made obnoxious to the state, turned all his virtues to his overthrow, and gained our elders to pronounce a foe. His right, for sums of necessary gold, shall first be pawned and afterwards be sold." till time shall ever-wanting David draw to pass your doubtful title into law. If not, the people have a right supreme to make their kings, for kings are made for them. All empire is no more than power in trust, which, when resumed, can be no longer just. Succession, for the general good designed in its own wrong, a nation cannot bind. If altering that the people can relieve, Better one suffer than a nation grieve. The Jews well know their power. Ere Saul they chose, God was their king, And God they durst depose. Urge now your piety, your filial name, A father's right and fear of future fame. The public good, that universal call, To which even heaven submitted, answers all. Nor let his love enchant your generous mind, Tis nature's trick to propagate her kind. Our fond begetters, who would never die, love but themselves in their posterity. Or let his kindness by the effects be tried, or let him lay his vain pretense aside. God said, He loved your father. Could he bring a better proof than to anoint him king? It surely showed he loved that shepherd well, who gave so fair a flock as Israel. Would David have you thought his darling son? What means he then to alienate the crown? The name of godly he may blush to bear. Tis after God's own heart to cheat his heir. He to his brother gives supreme command. To you, a legacy of barren land. Perhaps the old harp on which he thrums his lays, or some dull Hebrew ballad in your praise. Then the next heir, a prince severe and wise, already looks on you with jealous eyes sees through the thin disguises of your arts, and marks your progress in the people's hearts. Though now his mighty soul its grief contains, he meditates revenge who least complains. And like a lion, slumbering in the way, or sleep dissembling while he waits his prey, his fearless foes within his distance draws, constrains his roaring and contracts his paws, till at the last his time for fury found he shoots with sudden vengeance from the ground the prostrate vulgar passes o'er and spares but with a lordly rage his hunters tears In your case no tame expedients will afford resolve on death or conquest by the sword which for no less a stake than life you draw and self-defense is nature's eldest law leave the warm people no considering time for then rebellion may be thought a crime. Prevail yourself of what occasion gives, and try your title while your father lives, and that your arms may have a fair pretense, proclaim you take them in the king's defense, whose sacred life each minute would expose to plots from seeming friends and secret foes, and who can sound the depth of David's soul. Perhaps his fear his kindness may control, He fears his brother, though he loves his son, for plighted vows too late to be undone. If so, by force he wishes to be gained, like women's lechery to seem constrained. Doubt not, but when he most affects the frown, commit a pleasing rape upon the crown. Secure his person to secure your cause. They who possess the prince possess the laws. He said, and this advice above the rest with Absalom's mild nature suited best. Unblamed of life, ambition set aside, not stained with cruelty nor puffed with pride. How happy had he been if destiny had higher placed his birth or not so high? His kingly virtues might have claimed a throne and blessed all other countries but his own. But charming greatness, since so few refuse. "'Tis juster to to lament him than accuse. Strong were his hopes a rival to remove with blandishments to gain the public love, to heed the faction while their zeal was hot, and popularly prosecute the plot. End of section 1. Lines 1 to 490. Recording by Thomas Copeland.